0: On the Empire Podcast today, uh, we are talking about the Oscars. Welcome to our very sleep-deprived, (laughs) semi-annual tradition of uh, doing a uh, podcast immediately after the Oscars. Uh, I am Chris Hewitt, uh, and I am joined by, you know the word hero is bandied around. I think a little bit too easily these days, but uh, I'm joined by, by... my two real heroes who uh, stayed up with me all night and uh, in my flat. We are recording this in my flat, not uh, a pod booth, not a studio, which is why the sound might be a little bit off. But, uh, but here we go. Here are the heroes. James Dyer. Good morning. How are you?
1: To, uh, to quote another well known <laughs> Oscar pundit, I feel like a pig shat in my
0: head. Which Oscar pundit said that? With Withnell? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Was he an Oscar pundit? Yes. I think you're making that up. I think you're making that up. Uh, and uh, Ben Travis, how are you? I'm good I was going to try and come up with a
2: fun film reference but my brain is not working at all so I can't right well, now this should be
0: good then shouldn't Yay. it? because we're going to talk about the Oscars we just spent the last it was probably only four hours but it seems like a day mm-hmm. uh, looking at the 90th Oscars uh, ceremony which you know, most of you will probably know the winners by now uh, if not this is probably not the place to find them out but uh, we're going to talk about the ceremony we're going to talk about the winners and then we're going to go sleep I'm going to sleep on my bed which is about 25 feet away from from me. Uh, James, you've got a two-hour journey ahead of you. Ben, where do you live? Uh, oh, exactly where? I've you know, got several buses to several take. Several buses home. to take. Okay. I have no sympathy for either of you. So the uh, the ceremony has finished. It was hosted once again by Jimmy Kimmel. And what do we think A of the ceremony, first of all? Did we think it was, what, did we, what does it stand in the grand pantheon of Oscar gigs? It, it
1: was hella tedious. I believe, is a, a good way to describe this one. It wasn't one of the better years. It felt quite subdued. It quite, felt quite laboured as well. And it mm. felt quite short on laughs. I thought the opening monologue was... Uh, it started with that slightly odd, kind of faux, old-fashioned footage thing, which was excruciating. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. I didn't like that. Didn't like that. But I thought his opening monologue was good. I thought he dealt with, you know, some of very difficult topics, like the Weinstein stuff, very well. He kept it respectful and light, but slightly, sort of gently humorous yeah there are I a think, few like proper laughs in there yeah he, he struck the tone perfectly there and that was an incredibly hard job uh so i think he deserves a lot of respect for that i thought the rest of the evening just felt a little bit i don't want to say half-assed but yeah a little bit half-assed i mean even his matt damon <laughs> sort of like jokes in there felt a bit sort of like stuffed in and thrown away as he was skipping on to other things um yeah it wasn't w- wasn't one of the better years
2: i think after all the madness of last year it just felt quite safe in very many respects after that kind of opening monologue from then on in a lot of the winners and a lot of the kind of jokes and bits and things that they did it just it wasn't very exciting it felt like they just wanted to kind of keep it safe and easy and make sure that everything ran smoothly rather than
0: kind of doing anything that interesting with it making sure there were no massive uh, screw ups for example <laughs> with the uh, best picture winner uh, which of course was uh, presented again this year by Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway and this time they got it right as, these, yeah. as far as we know even yeah. even now they could be I'm almost certain they got it wrong they got it wrong. Well, I know you're furious about it from uh, from a different perspective, but we'll get on to that in a second. Uh, the Jimmy Kimmel thing's interesting. I thought he did a brilliant job last year. Uh, he did especially well during the uh, the Moonlight, La La Land Contre and uh, a bit of French feel there. Dropped it there, even though I'm tired and I have no Tremont. idea what it means. Uh, the <laughs> The accoutrement of the Oscars were uh, well handled by, by Jimmy Kimmel. And this year, I thought he was a little bit lacking. Shall we say the material wasn't there? Uh, the delivery wasn't there. There was a bit towards the end whenever best picture had won and it was shape of water and, uh, Guillermo del Toro had made his lovely speech. And then the producer, uh, Miles Dale was played off by the orchestra, despite yeah. the fact that they said specifically no one, no one would be played off by the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And there was the orchestra playing him off and Jimmy Kimmel comes on and goes, well, you know, what did you want to say? And rather than bringing Miles Dale back to the, podium to the microphone, it just kind of yeah, it was like died to death a little, little bit. bit. That was yeah. excruciating.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, not a nice way to deal with it. He should have just handed him the microphone, quite frankly, but there you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, he should have done. In other words, it just felt like, you know, we were. I was live tweeting it, and a couple of times I said, God, how long is this show going to be? Uh, two and a half hours in, mm. it seems like it's going to be endless. We thought it was going to be about four hours, and it came in at about four hours. Mm. It doesn't need to be four hours.
2: Well, there was that bit that when they did the thing where they um got loads of of actors and stuff and headed across to the cinema next door and i was just sitting there thinking like we're only just halfway through and this is going to take like a few minutes to get everyone out and across you're going to do the comedy bit it's not going to be that funny and then it's going to take everyone a few minutes to come back into the cinema and this it just felt like a bit of a waste of time although we did get ansel elgort and um, army hammer holding giant hot dog cannons uh, which was quite entertaining but that other whole than that thing, i felt that whole just weirdly patronizing didn't yeah. it oh, God. look so. at all the normies Hello, people
1: uh and, and the fact is that these people have been watching A Wrinkle in Time and not only did they interrupt their film, which frankly is going to be unwelcome, these are people who had opted to see A Wrinkle in Time rather than watch the Oscars, so clearly had no interest in what was going on. So a slightly odd stunt, I thought, to pull there.
0: It was an inversion of last year's where they bust a whole bunch of ordinary people in to be patronised at the Oscars. It's very Marie Antoinette, uh, isn't yeah. it? Have you seen these famous people? Look, These famous people will, will deign to look at you and, and make you part of their lives for 30 seconds. And this was an inversion of it. And last year it worked against the odds, I think, because the personalities of the people involved. And again, it worked this year because the personalities of the people involved. But just about, you know, when you have Army Hammer and a tux firing hot dogs into an audience, Gal Gadot. Uh, and, you know, mm. hey, if there's anything that comes from this Oscars, it's that the world now knows how to pronounce Gal Gadot. It is not Gal Gadot. It's Gal Gadot. And uh, the strength of her personality walking into the room, mm-hmm. she goes, I don't know if any of you know who we are. And it's like, you're Wonder Woman. You were in a movie that was huge (laughs) last year. Of course they know who you are, but uh, I think they just about managed to carry it over the line. And what a night as well for Guillermo del Toro, who uh, was was spending it carrying a massive... It looked like ten feet long sandwich into last cinema, and then ended up winning two huge Oscars. I wonder which of those things he was happier about. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a tie. Should we say it's yeah, a tie and, yeah. and go from there? Uh, but you know, I thought Kimmel did okay with that bit. But I thought overall his material was a bit lacking. Uh, but you know, who knows? There's there's enough maybe to to bring him back next year. Although, as ever, there seems to be a pairing of presenters that people will latch onto. On the, uh, on the Twitter machine and go these are the people we would like to see hosting this or the Golden Globes I thought Kamel Nangiani and Lupita Nyong'o did really really well together I they thought it was a really really funny and really pointed bit as well and I think the standout according to Twitter certainly I thought they were very funny as well with, was Tiffany Haddish and, yeah. uh, Maya and Maya Rudolph it became their like two women comedy show yeah. for a
2: while and yeah. I was well
0: into that especially because
2: as we said the rest of it was a bit dry I think that like stood out so much because it was so much funnier than it, a lot of the other stuff was that was me. going on on.
1: Natural, and none of the others do. And I, the thing I always find fascinating about the Oscars is kind of twofold, is that the, the sort of presenting speeches feel like some kind of punishment for the people involved. <laughs> like it's like it's designed to make them look as awful as possible. But also these are professional actors, mm. and they come across as so wooden reading mm. these things. And you'd think, given that it's their job, that it would be easier to kind of make it seem a little bit more natural. I mean, do they, do they see them in advance? Is there a run-through? Yeah, of course, or is yeah, it the yeah, first yeah, time they're ever seeing no, it? No, no, there's, up there.
0: there's, there's rehearsals. They're there's plenty of it rehearsal. It kind of surprises me. But the rehearsal isn't with, you know, however many thousand people there are in the Kodak Theatre and however many billions of people that we're told watch the Oscars every year. So that brings with it a certain amount of pressure. And they, when, when you're on stage as well and you're doing a rehearsal... You know, I know this from limited experience. Nowhere near the, uh, the the scale of the Oscars. When you're doing a gag and it, to a, it, it plays in an empty room, it plays in a very, very different way. And suddenly, if you're in a room with like 1,500 people and the acoustics are weird, you don't get the you don't get the laughter the way that you think you're going to get the laughter. It can it can create a moment of delay, shall we say. But yeah, I have to say, by and large, the writing of the presenting gigs is terrible. There was a bit where um, Jane Fonda and Helen Mirren came out and everyone was like, oh my God, we're going to get some amazing speech, but time's up for me too. And they started to go down that way. And then Jane Fonda goes, but if there's one thing, men and women over the years, if there's one thing that unites us all, it is the love of a great performance. Is Is that the thing that unites us all? That is the best
1: segue you can come up with. It's just, (laughs) that was just dreadful. I really enjoy Jennifer Lawrence and Jodie Foster. Yes. I'd like, yeah, I'd
0: like to host them. No, I'd like to host them. (laughs) <laughs> I would like to host them. They're welcome to come around. I mean, you guys are here. The doors are open. Why not? Uh, I would like them to host the Golden Globes next year. That'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Jodie Foster really legitimately has damaged her leg. I, yeah, I couldn't work yeah, out. Yeah, that Is this like just a an
1: odd, really elaborate gag? Or, no, but I think she has her leg. <laughs> but the Streep gag was very funny. <laughs> uh, it
0: was good. I liked Mark Hamill um, in the Star oh, Wars BB-8 bit. 8 coming out. I know the like, oh, BB-8. No. Oh, come they on. They roll no, no, oh, It's been. too
2: much. but no. It's still... It's too much.
0: It's still... I love I love it. I love him. Yeah, I didn't,
2: didn't feel it.
1: Also, oh, it's not the real BBA.
0: Yeah, they just went down Argos and bought one. If it's uh, if it's going now, I will happily give it a home <laughs> if they've got spares. But Mark Hamill was quite funny uh, with one of the few uh, references to last year's mix up where he went, as he was opening the envelope, he went, Don't say la la la. Don't yeah. say la la la. Don't say la Was that Mark Hamill? Was he actually there or was he force projecting his way into the auditorium? Betty boy, you've been hey, working yeah. on that. It's good. That's my one, one joke. That it's later. pretty good. I like yeah, it. Thanks. I like it. Um, otherwise, I, I'd give the ceremony itself a solid six out of ten if that was okay. Um, that montage, that went on forever.
2: What was, the, what was that? What was the
1: fucking war one in the middle of it? Let's celebrate war. It was weird. What, what, what on earth was that all about? Yeah,
0: I think it was an attempt to doff the cap to the, the, the men and women who are fighting for freedom around the world, not just for America, but for you know for all the countries that, you know, think that freedom is something that should be fought for. But it did come across as basically a massive version of Miguel Ferrer's war. It's fantastic line from Hotshot like Part like to America. Fuck yeah. yeah it was very <laughs> America. It was very peculiar. They they tried to choose somber films so there was a bit of platoon in there, there was a bit of Saving and Private Ryan in there, but but by and large it it, it was, yeah. And then you had
1: uh, Eddie Vedder singing the In Memoriam, and all I could think of all the way through it was you just going. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. As I
0: and
1: said, they missed on, people out. Yeah, no, they did. They did. But I do think having him was—he was an odd choice. I, I think I said on Twitter. I think they missed a trip by not having Lin Manuel Memoriam. <sighs> What I'd have
0: done
2: is that Same. okay is that pun
0: okay that's, that's totally fine that's <laughs> is that totally respectful fine. did they choose Eddie Feder because his name right, it sounds like Deddy Dedder? <laughs> yes <laughs> I believe that's exactly why they chose him yes <laughs> that's maybe uh, uh, so who wasn't in the immemorium um, Toby Hooper wasn't in the immemorium apparently uh, I, 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 to be honest I completely switched off during the immemorium so yeah. you know they could have had people on Twitter pointed out Kevin Spacey's career wasn't featured so that was, um, <laughs> that was interesting <laughs> 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 uh, they could have had a whole bunch of uh, people in there as well. Sean Moreau apparently wasn't in there. Frank Vincent wasn't in there as well. So not, but that's not, that always happens with the emmemorium. They don't they don't get everyone, and I think they just do it just so they can get people talking on Twitter. That's it. <laughs> Hashtag Daddy Deter. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Daddy.
1: You've killed him. Look, you've killed Ben. (laughs) All
0: right. Do people win things? People won things, right? People won some things. People won some things. fucking fish (laughs) film won a load of them. I (laughs) believe it is called The (laughs) Shape of Water, Jimbo. And it is not called That Fucking Fish Film. And it won four Oscars, making it the big winner of the night
1: i was I was unhappy to see Shagging Nemo take away four Oscars this evening.
0: It's good to see that you can appreciate the artistry and the work. <laughs> <laughs> and the heart that went into this, this lovely, honestly, gorgeous film. film.
1: It is literally, it's Guillermo del Toro's worst film. and no, it wins not best Guillermo del picture. DeTorre's I would film. take Hellboy's 1 and 2 over that. Well, Hellboy mermaid. 1 and 2 are both, are both
0: very, yeah. very good films. You've chosen so, poorly there. Yeah. <laughs> I like them both. I'm just saying it makes generally good films.
1: Yeah, uh, i not saying Pacific Rim was more deserving of a Best Picture Oscar, but
0: does isn't. Uh, <laughs> but of course, interestingly, he, 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 uh, he chose to forego the chance to direct Pacific Rim 2 in favor of the shape of water. And, um, but he's regretting it now, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it, it is kind of interesting. I mean, I was on set of this movie uh in Toronto last September, and when I saw it, I knew what it was. Because when I when it was first announced, I didn't know what to expect, and the title seemed very abstract. And yeah, because water doesn't have a shape. That's kind of the point of it. Well, that's the point. The point is that it takes the shape of whatever vessel it is in. So man explaining the, water the, I mean, yeah. oh, man <laughs> film now to James water. A man explaining <laughs> the film to James. So the idea is that the the amphibian man played by Doug Jones, one of the few actors in the film not nominated absurdly, other people project themselves onto him and assume a shape depending on how he affects them. That's one of the meanings of the film. Anyway. He looks like he appreciates it a lot more yeah. now. Yeah. But I remember I, I remember thinking, what is this film? Why why is he doing this? I mean, I get a smaller film, sort of, or his thing, Pan's Labyrinth, etc. And then went on set, and I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. It's a kind of Oscar-baity thing, but it's so weird. It's such a genre film. It is essentially a film. About a frogman in a bath. A, about a frogman yeah. in the bath who makes... Makes you know, shall we say, sweet, beautiful love with a with a mute cleaning lady. I didn't think this would be Oscar's bag at all, but That's, Oscar went. It is my it is. bag, baby. <laughs> we all found out yeah. what the Oscar vote is really like. <laughs> Just, yeah, no,
2: yeah. I felt the same thing when I saw it for the first time. Like, I, James isn't a fan, but I, I love this film. And yeah. um, the first time I saw it, I was oh god, cliches and brain tiredness. But I was genuinely quite swept away by it. I kind of really felt quite overwhelmed by it. Um, but I thought. As much as that was beautiful and and gorgeous and very Guillermo, it is weird, and it's got some really like jagged edges to it. You've got dead cats, and you've got um, people, you know, Michael people being you dragged can... around by bullet holes in their cheeks, and yeah. or, like it's quite brutal, nasty, yeah. brutal stuff. It's got Michael Shannon's arse in it. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is anything worse than that? <laughs> yeah. The fingers moment, the mm. fingers thing, yeah. So I, I kind of, I just thought it might be a bit too weird. Yeah, especially for best film. Rated R from Michael Shanna's
0: <laughs>
1: See, I don't understand a world where people think that film is better than Three Billboards, but interestingly, there seems to have been like a weird reaction to, to Three Billboards, like specifically in America. Like, There's some strange hot takes about that, whether it be about, you know, the redemption arc of Sam Rockwell's character or, or whether about the way it sort of portrays that part of America, do you know, what I mean? in terms yeah, of bigotry yeah, yeah. and whatnot. It seems like Americans, has been a, a sort of a reaction to that that perhaps we British have not had.
0: But it certainly was interesting to me that this was the... Um, this was a movie that, that took two acting Oscars home for Sam Rockwell and Frances McDormand. I think both are very, very well deserved uh, in terms of, you know, the people who were nominated in that category. Mm. You could argue, we could argue until the cows go home that there are other people who should have been in those categories. I mean, how Ficky Creeps was not nominated for Fandom Thread. It's, it's crazy. She neither Best Actress, so oh My God, yeah. And best actress or best supporting actress mm. is, is beyond me. Yeah, I think they're both fantastic in that. And uh, it's a very, very good film. Which means I didn't know where I was going with that sentence because I'm so <laughs> fucking tired when I started it, and I just kind of thought I would end it.
2: I mean, it's interesting with with three billboards that it has, it has been the front runner of the entire award season so far, but then there is something about it that meant that it didn't connect as well for the Oscars. What do you think
0: that is? I don't think it's been a front runner at all. I think Shape of Water has been the front runner for this for the last easily the last month to six weeks. I think if there's anything like you know. I I take away from tonight is I feel slightly sad that it was all a bit predictable. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, we knew all the acting Oscars going in. It was going to be Gary Oldman. It was going to be Francis McDormand. It was going to be Sam Rockwell. It was going to be Alison Janney. Now, you know, I think most of them are deserving. I think Gary Oldman in years to come, you look back at this and go, he won the Oscar. I mean, it's great that Gary Oldman's got an Oscar and it's much deserved Mm -hmm. because he's a brilliant, brilliant actor, but that's the film he won for. Mm. That's a performance he wants. It's not does, a great film. Know, it's not a great film. And even though it's a good performance, he doesn't sound like Churchill. Or he doesn't look like look Churchill. Like Churchill. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's a thing. But, uh, you know, it's one of those cumulative Oscars, isn't mm. it? It's one of those well done, you've been brilliant and everything.
1: Yeah, there weren't a lot of upsets. I mean, obviously, The Boss Baby not walking away with its category was a <laughs> bit of a shock for me. But uh, I think beyond that.
0: The biggest shock for me. And. Uh, I had this out a little bit with the, with a bloke on Twitter was uh, Jordan Peele winning Get Out uh, best original screenplay, mm-hmm. which I thought that was an incredibly strong category. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to go to Martin McDonough for Three Billboards. Um, it could have gone honestly. It could have gone to anyone in that I category. All agree.
1: It, it should have gone to the four star masterpiece that is Molly's Game. Well, I wouldn't have. That would have been real shock. No, because the, the wrong category, isn't it? Category. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's adapted. Yeah, it, I knew it got robbed. I just can't remember where. Which one? Uh, <laughs> no, that, <laughs> I'm tired. Leave me alone.
2: <laughs> that that was the one award of the night where I kind of sat up a little bit more on the sofa yeah. and went, "Oh my god, I'm so happy <laughs> that that's happened." That it wasn't yeah. it wasn't locked in for that, but it is a shame that that is the one thing. Uh, w- when it got that award, I thought best film it it could happen. It really could happen. And yeah. I kind of I was rooting for it because because it's been in the conversation for the last year and was really so far outside Oscar season and outside that whole circle, but it has been such. An integral part of like what people have been talking about in film over the last year. And aside from that, it's just an incredible, like really straightforwardly enjoyable, but also really nuanced
0: and well, complex. If you subscribe to the uh, old fashioned opinion, the best picture should go to the best picture, then certainly get out deserves to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I would say, does Lady Bird. Uh, just three billboards. I thought it was a pretty strong year this year, uh, mm-hmm. maybe Darkest Hour aside, but you know, Call Me By Your Name, uh, Phantom mm. Thread, these are all very, very good films. I don't think we're going to be, I don't think this is going to be a crash situation. I don't think we're going to look back in this in years to come and, and be a little bit embarrassed by things. But. I disagree. Uh, you disagree? Uh, well, actually, you never know. People may, people maybe go, "Oh, we could have given it to Get Out or Lady Bird or Three Birds." Or
1: Billboards.
0: a good film, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I think this is a good, solid choice. But Get Out, I think would have been very, very happy with. Mm. There was a point as well when Dunkirk won Best Editing, and there was there's that weird stat going around that more often than not, That's right? Yeah. the film that wins Best Editing goes on to win Best Picture. Obviously, that didn't happen this year. But you know, I, I, surprise-wise, I thought it was. Just a bit. It's just a bit bland. But the Jordan Peele thing was great. Um, his speech was was good and energetic and inspirational. I'm fascinated to see what he does next. But it, it did feel to me, looking back now, it felt like the 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 year that Tarantino won best original screenplay for Pulp Fiction, and he he even took the stage and said, "I've got a feeling this is the only one I'm going to win tonight." So, <laughs> thank you very much, and then he did a speech, and everyone was at the time going, "That's a little bit presumptuous of him." but he was right so
2: uh, so there we go Jordan Peele also gets best tweet of the night for me for I think he just wrote I won an Oscar WTF I thought
1: that was very relatable (laughs) that's good now, his speech was very good. Frances McDormand's speech was, uh, was an interesting one where she got yeah. all of the female, uh, artists to stand up in the auditorium. Yeah. I mean, she's fantastic. She's madder than a box of frogs, yeah, she but was she is hyker. fantastic. <laughs> I mean, she was, I mean, she was pretty hyper. For yeah. G Hyper.
0: Yeah, That's it great. It's, it's interesting seeing what the Oscar in particular means to all these people yeah. because, by and large, they've been sweeping the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs and, and Guild Awards. And, uh, you know, BAFTA, their speeches were all very, very good mm. and very, but but also a little bit reserved. But tonight's Sam Rockwell speech was, was oh, nice. yeah, he was great. Yeah, you know, uh, dedicated to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, Alison Janney's speech, which was just, you could just see there's an extra, uh, there's an extra uh, sort of spark of electricity there's an extra bit of voltage in them when they win an Oscar and uh, just without saying I was very pleased when she won Yes, you were. Although, I, you know, we could have a discussion about uh, Laurie Metcalf's merits in that particular category I as well. I believe it was her performance in the West Wing that really swung <laughs> it. I think so. Um, Gary Oldman's speech was, I thought it started okay and then he, he it It was long it and tedious but it ended well. It ended well because he made a joke about the jet ski thing which is one of the best uh, Jimmy Kimmel running, gag. running gags. The idea that you know, someone will win a jet ski for the, the shortest speech and if we are to believe how the show ended, Mark Bridges, who won Best mm-hmm. Costume Design, for a phantom thread won the jet ski apparently it's worth $18,000 wow Yeah, that's amazing a decent decent price for having a short speech he can go and sail it on Lake Hufasa is that a real
1: is that a real lake felt I' felt a little bit I probably is but it felt like that but it was yeah. a gag
0: I didn't want to google um, it I didn't want to ruin the illusion so what was I going to say yes so Gary Oldman's speech came together at the end because he made that joke about the, uh, the, the jet ski and, and told his mum to put the kettle on yeah his 99 year old mum where no, she's about to I? be 99 put the kettle on mum and bring in Oscar home which is which is lovely. And hey, Gary, if you're listening and you're coming home to London and you fancy bringing your Oscar into the Empire podcast, he's not listening, is he? He's not, He's not listening. Uh, But then the Francis McDormand thing was great. And it felt like a really galvanizing moment in a a ceremony that uh, obviously tackled Me Too and Time's Up and Never Again head on Mm. several times. Most notably, I would say, in that I thought the best VT of the night, which is the one that was introduced by Ashley Judd and Annabella Sciorra and Sama Hayek, yeah. and I had this lovely, funny, I thought perfectly judged tonally, yes. VT where you had uh, men and women, yeah. and people of color, and transgender directors yeah. talking about how this is the moment, this is the time. Uh, I thought the star of that was Camille Nangiani, absolutely, who was really just just funny. brilliant, isn't he? <laughs> uh, he is, yeah, he's he's fantastic, and uh, and just talking about how this is the time, and that was reflected. And how they're breaking down doors and sweeping away cobwebs, and that was reflected in some of the speeches. Guillermo del Toro's best picture acceptance speech ended with him something saying like, "There, there is a door. Kick it open, yeah. um, and damn straight kick it open. Absolutely, do that." Um, the other thing on that kind of. Um, Uh, diversity and openness
2: that was just a little moment that doesn't seem to have had as much attention was um, Rachel Shenton accepting the award for Best Live Action Short Film for her uh, film The Silent Child which is about um, a deaf four-year-old and she um She signed her own speech um, in sign language as she was giving it. And I thought that was just a really classy move and a really kind of lovely touch of kind of openness and inclusivity. She's English. So I was wondering whether she was actually signing in BSL or ASL. Yeah, they're very different, aren't they? Uh,
1: They are very different. And I actually used to know some BSL, but clearly I've forgotten it all because I couldn't tell. I'm going to assume BSL. It looked more demonstrative. Uh, ASL tends to be more single-channel with one hand, I think, mm-hmm. as I recall. Uh, I'm sure someone can correct me more that. like Sally
2: Hawkins in Indeed. The of Water. Exactly. Telling Shannon to fuck you. Yeah, yeah. The only
0: good bit in an otherwise shit film. Oh, come on. And also a great gif. Come on. I know you are never one to have a moderate <laughs> opinion, but you're doubling down on, on I just am. sheer wrongness I'm wrong tired and now. my hatred is f- bubbling yeah. over. All right. So do we have a list of the, the winners? Because there are some, there were some uh, good ones to go through just very, very quickly to some to polish off some other ones. All right. So best original song. I was quite pleased to see that Remember Me from uh, Coco, mm-hmm. which is, I think, not alone amongst the best original song, but I didn't think it was a great set of songs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, is one of the few with, uh, with you know, oh, what's it called? Uh, a melody. So that was, that was good.
2: And it's been stuck in my head for the last couple of weeks as uh, James keeps singing it at his yeah. desk. Yeah, in a slightly dodgy Mexican yeah. accent. Which <laughs> I now. wasn't going to mention that. Uh, but
1: yeah. He did. yeah,
0: I think uh, if you um, hear the big story though, that Gal Garcia Bernal is actually being hunted for murder. For what he did to that song, uh, on stage <laughs> early on tonight. Um, Alexandra, Ouch. Alexandra Desplat, or as, uh, Autocorrect had it when I was frantically trying to live tweet the Oscars, Alexander Desolate, um, <laughs> that helped. Yeah. Uh, won best original score for The Shape of Water. You know what? I, I think Johnny Greenwood's score for Phantom Thread's good. I'm a little surprised, and I wonder if it's because Hans Zimmer's Dunkirk score. Puts the fear of God. Yeah. yeah, it's
2: just a load of discordant noise. Isn't it? Wonder that if people one. as well couldn't tell what was what was the music and, and what, what was, was the War. sound design because yeah. it yeah. was so
0: kind of ticky ticky ticky. <laughs> what was Tom Hardy beatboxing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing under that mask? Best visual effects went to Blade Runner twenty forty nine. War was, for the Planet of the Apes yeah, was robbed. absolutely that, that was criminal. that was
2: the bad shocker of the night for me. Not that not the Blade Runner twenty forty nine is undeserving, yeah, but, but it's not in the same league. But, I mean. That trilogy, that entire trilogy of of Planet of the Apes films has changed the way that you can make films, that you can do performance capture out in the wild and the, the, the extent to which they perfected it. In War for the Planet of the Apes is genuinely incredible. That's like probably my least favorite of the three films as well, but purely from a technical standpoint, it is by far one of the greatest technical achievements that's, of the last That few is years. to me, that's the bar for visual effects that film is. It really is. It's
0: extraordinary. <clears> that's <throat> <laughs> <laughs> okay. I take it or leave it. Not to recycle my Twitter gags, but uh, Blade Runner 2049 deserves to win because any film that makes Harrison Ford look like he gives a shit (laughs) (laughs) deserves to win for Best Visual Effects Uh, because I presume that was all CG but the big win for Blade Runner 2049 and I think for not just British cinema not just for cinema but I think for humanity in general was uh, that Roger the Deacon Deacon's Deacon's finally won Mm. Best Cinematography at the 47th time of asking and, uh, and there was much rejoicing
1: yeah
2: Good on you. That had to happen. There would have been riots in Hollywood. There would have been yeah, riots in this, this London. An, uh, riots in this room. Yeah, this felt like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I didn't. I'm
0: the least shocked I've ever been. What about those light bulbs?
1: <laughs> Legendary deployment <laughs> of the light bulbs.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he must be thanking Emmanuel Lebetsky, at uh, Givo for taking a year off because he's beaten him. He's yeah. his nemesis. He's his nemesis, yeah. isn't he? He's like fuck you. I will light with candles, and I won an award. Cuckoo won Best Animated Feature. <laughs> Beating out Ferdinand and the Boss Baby. Who'd I, it, have thought? Yes, it beat off Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> so you've seen the film? <laughs> uh, best Adapted Screenplay. The, to be fair, that's at the end of
1: the credits, unless you've
0: stayed. You'd it. <laughs> best Adapted Screenplay, Call Me By Your Name. Yeah, fucking honestly.
1: The four-star masterpiece of this Moldy's game should have taken that. Uh, so I don't know, horror would agree.
0: Think that of the films in that category, I would have to agree. I think that I think that Aaron Sorkin's script is a is a work of art. But hey, ho. Uh, it was coming by your names only award best original screenplay is Get Out, as we know, and then Sam Rockwell and we're back at the big ones, and then we're back home again. So there we go, another another glorious year. And look, mm-hmm. the sun is Always. beginning to come up. It is. It's a oh, it's a God. lovely time to be alive. You guys, um how can I say this? Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> Never darken my doors again. And uh and that is it for our very, very special sleep deprived Oscar podcast special. Uh join us every Friday for regular film-related fun. And do keep your eyes peeled for more spoiler specials, interview specials, and whatnot. If you haven't already listened to the Black Panther spoiler special, or indeed the Cloverfield Paradox spoiler special, then do so. Uh, and of course, we have our new regular monthly uh, podcast called The Ranking as well, where we talk about filmographies. And this month, we're talking about Stephen King movies. And there's a Martin Scorsese one just about to drop. Uh, right, Jimbo, go. Yeah,
1: I'm going to go and uh, sit in the bath for a few hours and presumably get a Best Picture win out of it. So that'll be nice.
0: (laughs) Uh, And Ben, it's been a pleasure. Goodbye. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's goodbye for me. I'm off to, I'm just off to claw on the bed. Uh, Actually, no, I'm probably going to edit this and then go to a screening. That's going to be fun. Enjoy that. Yeah, I will. Is something intense? Oh, yeah. Big time. I'll tell you what it is another time. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, Bye-bye.